the name of the Lord. You can be seated for a moment or two except for my wife. And um, if she's the only one standing and waving, you'll know who she is. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that, we'll let that suffice to be her greeting unless you really want to take a few. She's like, no, that's good. I thought as much. After 34 years, we kind of figure things out. What a, what a fantastic encounter with the Holy Ghost that's already transpired here, and what a fantastic next few moments we're going to have in the Spirit of the Lord. I sense that in the Holy Ghost, and that means the Spirit of the Lord is here to help us. And so what I want to do is let him use me to help us. But if you will make that same commitment, then it's going to be super powerful. Would you make that same commitment? God, use me to help all of us. Amen, amen, amen. And before I say hello and greet your pastor, let me just give fair warning. If you are in the building and you do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you've not had a chance to repent, or you've not repented, you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, you've not been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I am absolutely coming after you. Fair enough. That wouldn't be a big problem because you can ignore me but God is absolutely coming after you. And he'll follow you home, and I won't. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Fair enough. Your pastor, bless you. His first lady is still there. Bless you. And uh, your pastor and, and your first lady are, um, they're, are a force within themselves. Some people can know that really was a spiritual truth. They are a force within themselves. Some people can do forceful things and because of that command respect in the supernatural and some people are just a force within themselves and they command respect in the supernatural before they do anything. And you are very blessed to have that as your leadership and so blessings to you, Pastor Mayo. Thank you for letting me terrorize your people for the next 45 minutes to the power of two. And only, only the math nerds got that. <laughs> Look over to your neighbor and go, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. I want to spend some time in the word of the Lord this morning, and I want to read several scriptures, but let me start with this comment. Um, unfortunately, in our world, nobody escapes pain. Can I get a witness? Yeah, yeah. If you're going, whoa, I have. Hang on. It's coming. It's coming. Nobody escapes pain. So we all know that, right? So if we know that God who is smarter than us, he knew that too, right? Right, of course, of course. 
So I want to read a scripture, and, and this is something the Lord put on my heart. Sorry uh, to the people that are putting scriptures up because I didn't give you this one because I didn't have it in the moment. Uh, but the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse number 1 through 5, is, is a prelude to what I want to say. And this is what it says. It's really, really a powerful um, and, and sweet verse. It says this, Romans 5, chapter 1 through 5. Uh, no, Romans 5, verse 1 through 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody said amen. amen. Okay, we got that. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace where... Uh, in we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Everybody said amen. We got that. All right. It gets interesting now. Not and not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Uh-huh. You see what happened? Right? Three people said amen. <laughs> the rest of them are going, I don't think so. Listen, if this is in the book, there's got to be a reason for it, and I want to talk about that. So if we indeed, what in the world has to happen to you that you get to a place where you glory in tribulations? Well, whatever that is, we better figure it out because tribulations are coming, and either you're going to drag through it or you're going to glory through it. we got to figure out how to get through it, all right? So this is interesting to me. So it's in there, so I now I want to figure it out. It says we glory in tribulations, and that's not like, woohoo, tribulations are coming. That's not exactly what that means, but listen to the rest of it. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And listen to this scripture. This is, this is, this is cool, too. And hope maketh not a shame. Because the love of God, there's the love of God, is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Just real quick, one more time. I'm just going to kind of read in spots. Tribulation, patience, experience, hope, love, Holy Ghost. And I read this and I thought, God... If something is coming after tribulation, if it's patience or whatever it is, that means you expect us to make it through the tribulations. So much so that you keep listing the rest of what's coming. Can I tell you whatever you're going through, God expects you to make it all the way through it and he's already speaking into the future as if you're already, oh, he's got confidence. If God's got confidence, what's wrong with you? I, I don't care how much water is in the ship. If God says it ain't going to sink, then don't worry. I don't care how hot the furnace is, if God is in it, don't worry. If, if he's not panicked, so I'm just looking at God and going, does he look worried? Nope. All right, we're good. 
like, God, that problem is getting real close. Do you look worried? Nope, we're good. Now, if God is ever worried, you're in trouble. <laughs> but he doesn't seem to get worried about these things. I, I want to tell you that nobody escapes pain or hard things. But when you get through them, they work something in you. The last thing I'm going to say, and then I'll let you be seated, is how in the world did God do that? That when you go through tribulations, the outcome is positive. What's worked in you. How in the world did God do that? So, I'm going to preach how. I'm going to preach a how message. Not the why, the what, but sort of the how, maybe a little bit of the why in the end, but the how. So, if you'll give me 35 minutes. If you'll give me 45 minutes. If you give me 50 minutes, if you will give me 55 minutes, all right, I got it. 40 minutes it is. A couple more scriptures. These are the scriptures I really want you to uh, hear. Luke chapter 22 and verse number 31 through 34. And Genesis chapter 2, verse number 7 through 8. I was looking around to see how many minutes the visitors would give me, not how many minutes <laughs> the rest of you will give me because God bless the rest of you, but I'm going after those that don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So if they're done in 25 minutes, I need to be done earlier. All right, you got it. Luke chapter 22, verse number 31 through 34. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. All right, anybody getting excited about that? If not, I need to read it again. I need you to keep up with me. All right, watch it again. I'm going to read it with commentary. Simon, Simon, the devil is trying to, like, tear your life apart. Dude, he wants to sift you like wheat. Uh, and that's what he wants to do right now. But I have prayed for you, and my prayer is going to extend through the problem into the future. And when you're through it, I'm going to make sure that you have enough strength and energy left to be fully converted and then enough to strengthen your brethren on top of it. Are you staying with me on this? I'm telling somebody, not only are you going to get through it, but on the other side, you're going to be stronger for it. And if you don't understand kind of that whole time dynamic, then, then Simon didn't understand it either. And verse 33, he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both to, into prison and to death. And verse 34, Jesus speaking back says, and he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. <sighs> All right, I got to read Genesis before my head explodes. Simon's going, I'll die for you. Jesus is going, 
You're gonna, you're not, you're gonna pretend. You don't even know me. They are in two different places. Last scripture, and then you can be seated or shout or dance or whatever makes work, whatever works for you. Genesis chapter two, verse number seven and verse number eight. Here it is. Verse number seven: The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Pastor, if I had time to do another dissertation, it would be on this scripture. Just this one scripture. Verse number eight: And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. I, I want to spend the next few moments on this thought, why we keep surviving hard things. Why we keep surviving hard things. Would you lift your voice? Some of you who aren't going through anything right now, would you pray for those who are? Father, we honor you. We thank you. We worship you. We love you, God, and we ask for your help. I pray that you would move upon each one of us right now, oh God. I pray, God, that you begin to break down the walls that cause people, Lord, to be separated from you. Everybody in this building has to reach out to you, God. This is not magic. You won't do it all. But everybody in the building that reaches out to you, you will reach back to them, Lord God. And somebody, Father, has come to this place today, and they are at a critical junction in their life. This is the day. This is that defining moment. And they'll look back on this day and time and say, God, I turned a corner on that very first day of August. And I remember where I was standing in that church. And I remember what was happening. And they'll mark this day in time as the day they really understood why you help us get through hard things. Somebody said in Jesus' name, you can be seated. Preach with me if you would. The devil has plans for your life, and that is not revelatory to anyone. The message that Jesus was trying to communicate to Peter was that, Peter, the enemy is wanting to, desires to destroy you. And I have prayed a prayer for you, Peter, that will cover you into the future. My specific prayer for you, Peter, is that your faith would not fail. This is, this is Jesus saying, Peter, I am uniquely the only one who has the ability to know the beginning from the ending because nobody else holds the title of Alpha and Omega. All by myself, Peter, I can survey the land and do it with perfect accuracy. I know what used to be. I know what is and I know what is coming. So Peter, I have carefully measured out what's about to happen for you and to you. And I've prayed for every step along the way. Peter, you're not even in the future yet and I'm already covering you with prayer. Can I tell you some of y'all, you have no sweet clue what Monday is going to hold, but can you believe with me that God has already measured it out?
Can I tell you, if you go through hell on Monday and God doesn't show up, it's because he planned to be there on Tuesday or Wednesday. He's got it marked off. I need to stop and go back because somebody missed a piece. You're in this building today, and I promise you that there there are more than a few of you, but I'm really talking to one person. And today, you're going to come into a collision with the Spirit of God in such a way that it will change you. And you're saying, well, I've been in the presence of God before, and I understand that. I know that. I get it. But the circumstances are different today than what they were before, and that moment will be a defining moment for you. Look at your neighbor and say, he could be talking to you. Say, say just one more time. Now, I'll say it one more time. Just look at, turn around and say it. Uh, turn around to somebody else and say it. Okay, there we go. All right. Well, I know who God is talking to, but I had to make sure you told them, and so I was watching until the person heard it, and they heard it. So there you go. We're done with that. Good. Thank you. So Peter, when it counts the most, I don't want your faith to fail, and that's what I'm praying for. If Peter was with it, he should have done the math and said, there is something coming my way that's going to challenge my faith. Or why else would God say that he wants to make sure my faith does not fail? Instead, Peter says back, I've got this, Jesus, and I'm good. Thanks for the prayer, but I can hold my own. And he's looking at the moment in time. How many knows that you can have a moment in time where everything seems perfect, and the next moment, everything that could go wrong, it seemed like it did. From home, you don't know that. You don't know it's coming, but God knows everything. Peter should have got that, and he, he didn't get it. And so the Lord prayed over him. If Peter could have understood what was coming, he would have maybe asked more questions or been in tune. But he didn't do all those things, and God prayed for him. And the prayer that God prayed for him is a part of why Peter survived a hard thing. Look at somebody and say, why we keep surviving hard things. Before we get too far into this message, I am sorry, Ambassador, to have to do this to you, but I need you to join me. Come on. Stay right there. That's good. Now, did I or did I not warn you before we got out here that I might give you the mic and you just have to preach it? Didn't I? I hinted at it. I said, I said, if I started looking faint, you take the mic and just preach. So look, that wasn't no hint. I'm teasing. You just stand right there for a minute. His response was, if you give me the mic, I'm going to ask pastor what to do. (laughs) Good response, good response, good response. You stay there for a moment. Every 
everything that happened to you today and yesterday and the day before that was geared to impact both your attendance today and your participation in this service. If you don't understand that, then you're going to walk through the week as if everything is okay and you're in garrison when really there is a spiritual war happening around you. Everything that happened prior to this service has an impact on how you respond. And if you even show up to this service, a part of song service is to help bring you in and help get you ready for what's about to happen in the Holy Ghost. All of that played a part. And so I'm trying to convince somebody to give God just a little bit of your attention today. And don't let the events of yesterday or the day before yesterday or the day before that cloud your mind that you miss the things of God in this service. Somebody said, Amen. Somebody said, God is quick. Amen. In one breath, God breathes in the breath of life into Adam. And you today, my dear friend, get to be Adam. Adam, down you go. Find a comfortable place and just lay there. That's good. Right there. Right there on the step. You fit. Just lay there. Uh Go ahead. Lay this way. You fit. Trust me. Matter of fact, it's big for you. No, no, lay lay down flat, like on your back. It's a shame you fit. I would have already rolled off. (laughs) Some of y'all would have too. The book of Genesis, God breathes a breath into Adam And the Bible says that that breath became, through that breath, Adam became a living soul, specifically and accurately. The Bible says that God formed him from the dust and shaped him. And this is a very handsome Adam. So Adam probably looked something like this. And and I don't know what Adam looked like. And, and then God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And I, I won't do that to you right now um, because that wouldn't be pleasant. But just imagine. And, and we don't know what all happens in that one breath. Close your eyes, Adam. You're not, thank you, right? You're not alive yet. First one was perfect. After that, they're pretty messy. The atoms just kept getting messier. We don't know what happened in that one breath except for the Bible says that man becomes a living soul. We also know the Bible says that 
Man was made in the image of God, and so there is some likeness. There are some things about Adam that are also true about God and vice versa. And so he makes Adam in his image, and then he breathes into Adam one little breath. And and then what we have to do is we have to watch Adam to see exactly what happened in that breath. What exactly was the virtue that happened in that breath? And so stay down there, Adam, because I haven't breathed on you yet, and you will know when I do, trust me, had garlic for breakfast. And... We don't know. We just don't know. So Adam stands up ultimately, and he can walk. Adam can emulate around just fine. So in that breath, Adam was, he, he, was, he was created whole, and, and Adam can talk. And so in that breath, obviously there was cognition of some sort, some sort, and Adam talked to God. Anybody ever wonder what language God speaks? My wife thinks the answer is German. I don't know, but she's from Germany, so that's probably why, right? What, I don't know what language God spoke, but Adam could talk to God. So Adam was brilliant, and we know a lot about Adam. And the more we watch Adam, the more we can understand about that one little breath, that one little moment in time. And I thank God that God doesn't need a long time to work on somebody to get the job done. I know many of us have spent hours and hours and hours at the altar, but I also know people have been greatly delivered in just a moment. That same God that will come back in a moment and a twinkling of an eye doesn't need long. You might be able to stand up and lift your hands right now and say, God, do a work in my life, and you can be delivered from things that have held you captive all your life. Isn't it amazing how God can set you free from 20 years of a bad habit in one moment? I feel like I got a witness or two in the building. My... My mother remarried a man when I was 13 or so, about that age, and he had, uh, he smoked cigars, pretty cool guy, he smoked cigars, and, and he didn't go to church uh, really ever, and he started smoking cigars when he himself was 13, and he would describe himself as agnostic or maybe an atheist for many, many years. As a matter of fact, he's in his 70s when the, his life really starts, well, he starts living and in his 70s, he, he takes my mother to church, but he won't go into the building. And so he, but he was kind enough to take her to church. And, and my mom attended a PAW church. And so how that would work is he would take her to church. He would wait those eight hours and then he would take her back home. Uh, sorry, sorry. 
He would, he would, right? Yeah, somebody on the, yeah, you've been preaching for that long. But, all right. He would take her to church and he would just wait in the car, wait in the car, and she would say, Come in. He would never come in. And finally, one service, the service had gone so long that he had too much to drink and had to go in and, and take a bio break. And so he went in to use the bathroom and service was almost over. And so he decided to just sit down in the back of the service and the altar call was happening. And the Spirit of the Lord moved on this man who had not recognized God for all these years until that moment, that one moment in time where the man didn't even expect that he would come into the building, only came into the building because he had to go to the bathroom, and God used that one moment in time. And in that one moment in time, there was one microsecond of surrender, and God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Just like that. The next day, I remember him saying, remember him picking up a cigar and saying, I don't even like these things anymore. Man's in his 70s. Been doing it since he was 13. And just in one, you know how addictive nicotine is? And you know how addictive those things? And just in one moment of time, God fully delivered him. Don't tell me it's not possible. I saw it with my own eyes. I witnessed it in my own house. In one moment, God can. Look at somebody say small things. One breath. Look at somebody say small things. There's this boy, this boy, and all he has is, is a, a few fish. All you who say fishes, no, 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 don't say it. Fish. My ears can't hear fishes. He just had a, just, just fish. That's the plural. You just hold the S longer, but never, ever, ever say fishes. Even if it might literally be the plural, just change it. Just a few fish and lovis. <laughs> Jesus is going, give me that. And I can do great things with it. Give me just the widow's might. Give me just the mustard seed that's small. Give me some empty bottles for oil and a little faith. Give me a, a, a cloud the size of a man's hand and I can do a lot with that. Don't you underestimate small. One little breath, and he blew so much more than what we might ever be able to understand. So, why we get through, why we survive hard things. So, here comes, homie.
God was, say it with me, he was, he is, and he's, he is to come. He was, he is, he is to come. Holy Ghost. That is who's about to blow into him. Whatever comes out is going to contain some of the was, some of the is, and some of what's coming down the road. If you have a hard time with that, think of it like this. God can see what was, what is, and what's coming down the road. So he is going to breathe into him from that perspective. Nobody wants to spend much time looking back. We're not going to talk about it. But he's going to give him everything he needs for right now. And he's going to give him everything he needs forevermore. And some of it will be fully developed like his legs and his arms and his ears and his eyes and his cognition. And some of it will be incubating, waiting for a junction in time where it's needed and instantly it will be to full maturation. I know, I need to prove it. So, God blows into Adam all of the stuff needed to reproduce. Checking the audience for ages. Got it. And builds him accordingly. Fair enough? Okay, parents are not like putting over their baby's ears. Because down the road, the Lord will lay him back down, pull out a rib, Go make a woman, bring her back to him, and say, be fruitful and multiply. And in that instant, all of what it takes to do that is fully developed. Y'all need more? Okay. So Adam winked at Eve, and Eve winked at Adam. I'm just kidding. That's not the route I'm going Not only did God breathe into Adam what Adam would need, he breathed into Adam everything Adam's offsprings would need until this thing is over. So we don't know everything in that breath, and we won't know everything in that breath until it's all said and done. But I can promise you that God looked into 2020 and said there's going to be a pandemic. Adam, I want to breathe something in you that when everybody else wants to quit and give up. When the spirit of fear sweeps over the land, I want to breathe something in you now. You wonder how you got through this time. It's not because you're strong. It's not because you're wonderful. It's because he saw it coming and he breathed something into Adam so that you might do better. 
So we watch Adam's offspring, and we see what they can do. One of Adam's offspring is tending sheep, minding his own business. And a lion comes in. One of Adam's offspring has a split second to decide what to do. This was a scenario that may not have ever happened to any one of Adam's offspring until this moment. And so now the moment was right. And something came over David. In that moment when the crises hit and something came out of him, who in their right mind runs toward a lion? Who in their right mind runs toward a bear? Nobody. But Adam had it breathed into him that his offspring would not run when they were outnumbered or outmatched, and it was going to be important. Because one day there would be a giant. Adam's offspring. How many, how many in this building ever been through something and you were sure it was going to destroy you? Well, stand up. You've been through something, you were sure. It was, now look around. Look at Adam's offspring. Look around at the testimonies. Look around the victories. Every single one of you walked into that moment going, whatever I need to get through it, I don't have it. This is going to take me out. This is bigger than me. Never faced anything like this before. This is it. Maybe every one of you even gave up at some point, but look at you now. How did that happen? I'm telling you, God saw it coming. If you're going through something right now that you don't think you're going to get through, would you open your eyes and look around you? Man, a man called me the other day. He said, Brother Blash, I just went through the worst time in my life. And I, I, I got to tell you this testimony. He says, I, I didn't really have a good prayer life. And, and I was always kind of that person that I could pray a little bit, but I never could pray like, you know, so-and-so, the real prayer warriors. He said, but when I went through this thing, I found myself just compelled to my knees. He says, Brother Blash, suddenly I was able to pray for 30 minutes and 45 minutes and an hour and two hours. He said, the prayers just rolled out of me. I wouldn't have known I can do that except for I went through a crisis and God met me there and he pulled something out of me that must have been there all the time. And I said it was there all the time. It was waiting for the moment where you needed it and God's spirit would move upon you. And when he did, that prayer life would be developed fully. The Apostles, Pastor, you talked about this already, talking about your jailbreak. Mm. The apostles are, Paul and Silas are in the deep part of a prison. And now the anthropologists in me 
The social scientist in me is taking notes going, one of Adam's offspring happens to be in a prison. Let's take note and see what happens when Adam's offsprings are in a prison. We have to keep following the offspring to see what happened in the breath. And in that moment in time in the prison, who gets put in that situation and has a song in their heart? Who? Who on this planet goes through crises and has a song on their heart? It's not normal. It's not natural. It's supernatural. Shouldn't have happened. They should have been, they should have felt defeated. They should have been depressed. They should have been sad. They should have had no hope. They should have looked around them and saw how mounting the odds are, how impossible this scenario was, and they should have given up. That would have happened to anybody else, but Adam's offspring is different. When they began to sing, it just came out of them. And when it did... The Spirit of the Lord was there in that moment in time. I like to think of it like this. The Spirit of the Lord leads and guides. The Spirit of the Lord was there and in that moment in time, something from God prompting them. But they got to do it. They've got to open their mouth and sing. You, you can have all the Spirit hovering over you that you want to. There's always got to be the cooperation of humanity with God. And so they open their mouth and they start singing, which if I can say it like this, gives the Spirit permission to do what it needs to do in that moment in time. I feel the Holy Ghost saying right now, if some of you would but open your mouth and begin to declare the goodness of God in that crisis, in that hard time, in that difficult spot, you would get a strength from God that you never thought was possible. You would get a deliverance from God that people will be surprised to hear your story. Would you take a few moments right now all throughout this building, and would you do that? Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Why we get through hard things. You really don't know what you can do through God until you're put in that moment in time where you really have to trust him. And many times we surprise ourselves with what comes out. Adam, wake up. He really was sleeping. Oh, come on, I'm messing with you. Come on, I'm messing with you. you can arise, my love. Your ambassadors are gonna hate me. Don't don't hate. Stand right there. All right, hey, did you get a good nap? All right, good. That's good. Rest is important. Acts chapter sixteen, verse twenty-three through twenty-five. Are y'all okay? Okay, good. Anybody not okay? Good. If your neighbor's not okay, just lean, lean over, take a little oil, put it on your hands, and just start praying. And all right, Acts chapter 16, verse 23, 24, and 25. And when they 
had laid many stripes upon them. They cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. Now, I want you to see this in two parts. Part number one is the part where they are beaten. Part number two is the part where they are singing. Do you see it? Two of you see it. Do the rest of you see it? All right, nobody sees it. All right. They put, a, they put them in prison, and they laid stripes upon them. Verse 25, they're singing. Acts chapter 5, verse number 40, so this had happened before. It says this, 5 and 40, and to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beat them, everybody said beaten them, they commanded them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Verse number 42 says this, and daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus. I want you to see this scripture in two parts. Part number one, they beat them. And part number two, the people who were beaten leave and they go from house to house teaching and preaching. Why? How? Because he made us in his image. And the prophecy came forth and was true that one day they would take Jesus, who is a second Adam. You're like Adam 2.0. And that they would beat him. Anybody remember what the Bible says about those stripes? With his stripes, there is a special dynamic when they laid hands on the Savior and they inflicted pain that the result was there was healing that came out of him. And he made us in his image. I'm not trying to tell you you're God, but is it any wonder when they beat them that the result was that something edifying came out of them? And then they lift their voice, and those stripes produced a song. And for those in Acts chapter 5, 
those stripes produced a spirit. I don't know how zealous these folks were before they were beaten. I don't know if maybe time they would have just quit anyway. I don't know if they would have got discouraged and just stopped preaching and teaching had they not been beaten, but they made a mistake, Pastor. They made a big mistake when they called them and decided they would beat them. They would have almost been better to kill them than to beat them because when they beat them, whatever amount of evangelism was in them, doubled, tripled, maybe quadrupled. Every time they laid a stripe on them, something good happened in them. In that moment of time of great pain, what God blew into Adam a long time ago was Adam, you, and all your offspring. Every time pain comes your way, it'll make you stronger somehow. The Bible says it like this, for we know that all things work together for the good for those who love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. Have you ever wondered why? Have you ever wondered why? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. There are two major conditions under which this release happens that brings what is in you to full maturity and ready to be used. Number one, a major life crisis. It could be yours or it could be someone near you. It's David. It's David on the battlefield where he doesn't belong. Just there dropping off food, inquiring on his brothers, and being a little nosy. David, who has something in him already that has been sort of primed with a lion, primed with a bear, something in him already is there. It's going to come out. It only takes a crisis. So he hears Goliath shouting, cursing, blaspheming God. Look at somebody and say, you got to have a a major life crisis. But that's not all because those are kind of easy to find. Then you got to have the operation of the Holy Ghost. I doubt this is the first time David picks up a sling. I doubt this is the first time David picks up a stone. I don't think these things were special so much for David. But in this moment in time, something is different than before. It's more like the lion. It's more like the bear. And David gets into that moment, and it's as if the Spirit of the Lord is there where it ought to be, and David is there where he ought to be, and David gives himself to it. And the Bible gives the indication that David is not doubting, but he is running to it. And that combination between a major life crisis and the operation of the Spirit of God combined, and a giant falls. 
I wonder, I wonder how many giant killers are in this building today and it's just never been brought out of you. I'm almost done. Stand with me. I want to spend this next five or ten minutes making a special appeal. And saints of God, I need your prayer coverings for this. Would you lift your voice and pray over everybody in this building who needs to respond? Some of you that survived some hard things, would you lift your voice for a moment and just begin to intercede for those around you who are going through hard things? Hey, my brother. Hey, my sister. I'm telling you, you're going to get through it after you have an encounter with God. Somebody shout the name of Jesus. God, give your people revelation. Give them understanding right now. If you have made it through something hard and you have not entered into the field, the harvest field, you didn't make it through something hard. Not the right way. Jesus said, Peter, when you get through this hard thing, if I got you through it, Peter, then when you get through it, you're going to have enough to strengthen your brother. Peter survived that he might preach. Paul survived that he might preach. Esther survived that she might save her people. Moses survived that he might save his people. Why do we keep getting 
through hard things. It's not about you. In the last day, said God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. My sons and my daughters shall prophesy. Sons and daughters, you got to get through the other side. The young men will see vision. The old men will dream dreams. The body of Christ must survive because this world is dark and dying. Here's the problem. We don't see ourselves as the church. We see ourselves as individuals, and therefore we can't understand why we get through because you think it's about you. You missed the whole thing. God said it in his word. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's not talking about a building. He's talking about the church. So he breathed into Adam, everything that Adam would need for every generation, so there always would be a church. Because the church, nothing can happen without the church. And he needs the church. And so he breathed into you an inoculation for your time. And I feel the Holy Ghost. I said 2020, but really uh, COVID started somewhere around uh, maybe even 19, maybe even earlier. But the church, the church was primed. The church was already primed for that. It was already because the church is going to preach the gospel to the world. And the church must not just survive. It's got to be strong enough to encourage the brother. God wants you to get through this so that you might be an active part of the church and do the work of God. I remember, I remember sitting in a church service. I was only there because someone invited me. I really didn't want anything to do with it. I was just there because I was invited to be there. But guess what? God knew there was a purpose for my life. Can I get a witness in this building? Anybody just got invited, so you just came, and and that turned your life in a very, very different way than what it was going. Praise God. Lift your hand real, because I'm I'm talking to those who just got invited today, and you're wondering, man, is this one service going to make a difference? I feel the Holy Ghost saying, yes, absolutely, it will make a difference. I feel the Holy Ghost saying, Have you ever stopped to wonder why in the world am I in this building now, in this moment in my life, and going through what I'm going through? Why is this all coming together? Because it takes that moment to kind of get your attention and look up. And if you would just yield for one moment in time, God will deliver you from that trouble 
fast of the Holy Ghost, he will deliver you from that trouble and he will walk you through it and you know that God did it because when you get through it, you've got strength to strengthen your brother. All throughout this building, would you lift your hands toward heaven? Saints of God, I'm going to ask you to help me in a moment. Lift your hands toward heaven. I have a friend who said, he said, man, I went through a hard time in the military. He said, I, I was just at my wit's end. He said, everything was falling apart. He says, I don't know what happened to me. He said, I don't know where it came from. But I fell to my knees and said, oh, God. He said, those words just came out of my mouth. I thought that was in Adam. That in that moment in time, of your greatest distress, of all the many words that could have come out of your mouth. Oh, God, do you really think that was an accident? Do you really think that was an accident? You're in this building today on purpose. God's called. He's tugging you. He's working with you. He wants to deliver you. But I know it's going to be difficult. I'm going to ask you to come in a moment, but just give me a second. I know it's going to be difficult because the problem with pain that also causes you to go to God is it's paralyzing. It's paralyzing. And so you've got to push through your flesh and connect. Can I tell you that takes just a moment in time? So here's what I want you to do. saints of God. Be sensitive in the Holy Ghost. Be sensitive in the Holy Ghost. If this brother is struggling and hurting, he could be paralyzed. And so I'm going to ask him to come to the altar three times. He's paralyzed. But if somebody would gently, kindly say, you go pray with me. There's a good chance that that little nudge will be enough. And one, two steps into it, something takes over that they just didn't expect. And now they're walking this way. For me, it took five times. Would you come? I just looked and went. Come on, Ben, would you come? The guy sitting next to me did this to me. I was like, you know that look that says, yes, yes, it's, it's yes, but you're shit. I was doing that he, the fifth time. I was just worn out by him. And I was like, he said, come on. And I took like one step and like two steps and like everything else faded away. And I was just walking toward my deliverance so that I could be delivered, so that when I was delivered, I could strengthen my brethren. What I didn't know then, but I know it now, I didn't know then, there was a loud voice over me that I could not hear going, Daniel, 
I prayed for you for this moment in time. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Hey, friend, body of Christ, would you be very kind, very gentle, maybe look around to someone and say, they consent just kind of bring them with you if they don't be kind, be gentle they could be hard headed just ask them one more time see what God will do I want to open these altars for us to come Father I feel deliverance in this Oh, yeah.